These are the yays of our lives. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Hi, Bim. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Bim. I'm going to pretend like, not like we just had to start recording again. <laughs> we had an amazing conversation for five whole minutes before I realized I hadn't pressed record at my end. <laughs> Great start. Great start. But we were super oh, scattered God. like we always are. So I'm kind of like, I'm not that upset about a do-over. Welcome back to the show. I didn't even do an intro. You all missed a master chef. ASMR eating. Okay, let's go back to the start. So we haven't <laughs> spoken all weekend. <laughs> Just a little wrap. So Ange has been away from the show for a week, but mm-hmm. due to popular demand and a social media vote that was a landslide, she is now back as a regular <laughs> guest host on Yays of Our Lives, which I'm so thrilled about. Welcome back <laughs> to the show, Bim. We speak every single day, but for the past two days, I've just been in a vortex of Sloth Sunday. I had my second jab on Friday. I had a bad reaction. Not a bad reaction. I just was super flaky, which I always am. And called me weak, which was really supportive <laughs> and loving. <laughs> and just as I thought I pressed record at the beginning, she took a massive mouthful of food and then explained what it was on our Lonely Planet channel. Explain what you are eating for everyone. Oh, so yeah, I just put a piece of green mango in my mouth and Sarah started recording. We didn't turn, it turns out you didn't record, so that's okay. I was saying for all my Vietnamese or Southeast Asian friends out there, I'm eating green mango but dipped in like this, we either have like a salty chili dip thing or us Vietnamese people do like a fish sauce, sugar and chili thing. This is such a cultural eye-opener, this show. It is very, like this show. yeah. <laughs> we cover all aspects of life. <laughs> Hashtag diversity, Vim, ambassador. <laughs> and what do, what do you call that? What's it called in Vietnamese? I just got, I just got it. Mango. <laughs> I thought there was going to be some fancy Vietnamese name for it that we could learn. No, I don't actually know. I don't think there's a Vietnamese, fancy Vietnamese name for it. We just love it in our house. It's very, I guess, tropical. It's literally like the green mango. I think it's just raw mango, but we love it. We eat all our wacky stuff, but I love it. I'm trying to keep the traditions alive. I realized that in my 20s, getting real old here. I realized that I really want to hold on to tradition. So now I'm really embracing my culture. Whereas previously I hated being Asian, but now I would would happily be like, yeah, this is green mango. Deal with it. It's not right. (laughs) Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is such a weird part of growing up that like you do spend so much of your youth pushing down the parts of you that are different or weird or wacky or culturally you know, not aligned to what everyone else around you is doing. And then there just comes a point where suddenly that's everything you want to preserve. Like even going to the country to mum, like the house where mum grew up, I used to hate, I would like protest so much because there were parties back home and I didn't want to miss them. And now I'm like, I just want to go to the country and preserve the way of life that my mum grew up in. Like no one knows how to sew or bake or like everyone's losing all the old school stuff. Like, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, we go there, we go to Alex for New Year's. It's that much of a vibe. Like this, oh God, it's not a vibe, it so but much. it is a vibe. So anyway, sorry. sorry it's so daggy that it's cool. <laughs> the doors the doors don't have, they're roller doors, but they don't have rollers. So they just slide across the carpet and you've got to like pull really hard on them. And then that one in the near the TV room goes, yeah. like, <laughs> it's my bedroom, <laughs> like the trundle room. <laughs> and you also, one really lovely, fun thing that you mentioned before is Benoit explaining your MasterChef ways. Oh, I yeah. feel like that deserves a rehash. Master chef. Master chef. Oh. 
She'll oh be, God, she I loves love Hayden. so much. Hayden Quinn is her favourite person. He loves her. They have this, like, special relationship. They're, like, in a relationship. Sometimes he texts me and says, send this to Benoit. Like, not even a high <laughs> end, just, like, for Benoit. And he sends this picture of Buddha and he's, like, send it to her. And I was like, okay. He, every, every now and then she's like, oh, where's your mother shit friend? Like, in, in <laughs> Like, I oh, love her so Shed, much. So um, yeah, it's so funny. She calls it Master Shed. I think we've spoken about this on the podcast before, but one of my favorite things that Benoit ever said was she wrote. What did she write down on a piece of paper where she went? <laughs> so we live near Northland, and we always have. And she knows how to get there by bus. Anyway, one day she went and she wanted to tell everyone, so she left a note at home. And then she wrote, <laughs> "I am like in Vietnamese, Noi Di Lockland." L O C K L A no L O C K L E N Lachlan. We were like, oh my god! This whole time she's been calling it Lachlan. Oh my god, she's so cute. I love oh, her so much. So and Casino is Gutinor. She loves it. Her poke machines. She knows. How I can't believe she goes it. all the way to the pokies by herself. Like she yeah, literally she- speaks no English, and she'll get from Preston to Southbank to go to the pokies. Yeah, she knows how to get to two places or three, the bus to Northland, walking to the Preston Market and all the way to the casino. Oh, my gosh, she, she's so sweet. She's so funny. She's like a full member and everything. Oh, I love her so much. Um, how was your 20K run also? Ange has just come off another four days of night shift and finished it off with a nice 20K run. You have an actual reason to be tired. Is this why you called me weak? I kind of get it now. I did nothing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm in a state of delirium at the minute, really. Although I realise that because we're trained for this marathon, which I've really reflected on and realised I I genuinely am not going to make it because there's been so many disruptions and it's very hard to train for things like this doing night shift. It really takes it out of you. So Loz has a day off and she wanted to run and we need to run. So neither of us wanted to be there, but I came home and then I literally just slept like didn't even recover didn't stretch didn't do anything I just slept but now I'm here see (laughs) refreshed refreshed oh my god ready to seize you yay how's your vaccination arm yeah it's fine now it's fine I just had like Saturday really I think it's quite standard like just fluey kind of symptoms like a bit shaky and like my temperature control was a bit weird I just couldn't stay awake so I slept all day yesterday much better but still just a little bit off and then today I'm totally fine back to back to it which You're not great. weak, Bim. You're just not strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Wow, wow, the support. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't get but... that <laughs> when I was When Nick was little, he said, he said this thing to me once and I was like, oh, my God, but now it's the other time. He was like, no, Ange, you're not not pretty. Is this your little brother, Nick? Not my Nick. No, no, my little brother, oh. Nick. Oh, he's like, Ange, you're not ugly. I was like... Thanks, Nick. And, goes, <laughs> and, no, and then he goes, you're just not not pretty. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll take that. Wow. Anyway, sorry, sorry. You were Tough love. I know. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say that this weekend just passed was meant to be the Melbourne Marathon. So I, I understand why you were reflecting a lot on not actually having been ready to do 42 kilometres yesterday, which you would have had to do. But it has been pushed back to December 11th and 12th, I think it is. So you have plenty of time. And I can now announce that we have a mini podcast series coming up over the next couple of weeks with three very talented, very accomplished, very famous runners who will be sharing. I know. I haven't even told you this yet. No. Who will be sharing their top tips and tricks for building up their distances? One of which is Sinead Divar, who came into <gasps> running. I love her. I know. She is a late comer to running. She came into running in her, I think, early 20s, hadn't even run before, and then just was our best performing female in an Olympic marathon ever. So we have so much to learn. So maybe that'll help you in the coming uh, yes. months before December. I- I thought you meant me being the elite athlete and I was like, yeah, don't worry. I've got so many tips for you guys. No, do you know what my main question? I just submitted the list of questions. I'm going to take audience questions because I feel like a lot of runners will actually want to ask, and they're all different distances, but ask them how they kind of fuel themselves and 
unlike you, warm down after runs so they don't get <laughs> sore or, and stuff like that. But one of my biggest questions, which you and I know because we talk about this all the time, is how do you manage your bowels? Like how do oh you eat? God, like how do you do it? Like how do you manage the eating and drinking? It's so confusing. Bim, I did a big poo in the run today. <laughs> I Loz was like, Ange, a toilet, do you need it? And I reflected and I was like, well, it doesn't feel like a turtleneck. Is that what's called? <laughs> well, that came, and the minute that came out, I was like, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the I'm price. pretty sure a turtleneck is a, a sweater. What is that's it? That's okay. Is <laughs> and, isn't it? A, I don't even know now. Maybe it is a turtleneck. A turtle on, head? Let me look this up. A head's turtle. Anywho, this is too much detail. When you let me know, you tell me. Anyway, I was like, oh, I don't really feel it, but I have like a my, my gut plays up so bad when we do long runs. What is, what is it? I just looked up. I just looked up. I can't even say it. I just looked up turtle poop, and it brought up is my, is my turtle's poop healthy? White poop, <laughs> diarrhea, and other common turtle poop problems. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. Oh, I'm expecting that. Oh, oh my god. Oh. I couldn't even say that out loud and then do box turtles poop only in water? Do red ear slider turtles poop? <laughs> <laughs> Tortoise poop and healthy gut flora. <laughs> Rare footage of a sea turtle having a poo. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Oh. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> if anyone wants to like tag us in a post that tells us what the saying is, please that'd be really welcome. Anywho. Long story short, I was like, I don't need to poo, but I'll go try because in case. And then I was like, boom, big poop. And then I was fresh as. Bim, it's turtle head. Turtle head. See, it's turtle close. head. Yeah. It's close. Okay, wow. Well. <laughs> so this was meant to be a mental health episode. <laughs> We've diverted quite a lot. But it's a genuine question. So I'm genuinely going to ask these elite Olympic athletes, like no, genuinely how they manage their food um, and drink because it's actually really important to me. no. I want to know too. And I can you ask her like natural ways to do it? Because I feel like the synthetic stuff, the things that screwing up with my gut. Synthetic laxatives? Like the gels and stuff? Oh, you mean? <laughs> oh, for the eating. Okay, yeah. Right <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, now let's segue to yeah. the topic of this. Let's segue into segue. our quote for this week. But also just quickly, we mentioned you came off for night shifts in a row. Since you came on, I can't even remember what I did last week. I think I did a really quick one. But since your last episode two weeks ago, we have sent out all of the care packages for the nominations, which I ended up having to close because we just had so many. A big shout out to the beautiful small business, Every Word Candles, who I don't know, have I shown you yet? The candles that have a a custom CZA message that burn down, like as you burn down, you'll see the surprise message. They donated 20 and I bought 20 candles from them. Um, a couple of other brands have given some beautiful presents and there's more still to come to pack, but we've sent out all the nominations so far. People have already been opening them and have been so surprised and the response has just been absolutely beautiful. Like it brought so much joy to my life. So thank you so much to everyone. There's been like five or six people who volunteered to send packages to strangers as well, which was so lovely to match them up and just packing them and writing little handwritten notes to everyone and rereading the stories of why they were nominated was just, it made my fortnight. So what a beautiful exercise. I think I might do it again. Like once, now that the admins kind of caught up, I might do it again in a couple of weeks, but yeah, that was just so lovely. And I cannot say how much respect and love and admiration I have for all the healthcare workers out there. Well, I was going to say, Yes, same. <laughs> same for myself. Yeah, but I, I mean everyone else. <laughs> no, but you too. You've been working on the front line and it's crazy. It's been absolutely crazy. And it was your idea, actually. It was your idea to do a little send out. Yeah, I was just making you pause. <laughs> but no, it was a nice little initiative. And I'd sound, I was going to say, sorry, it's very nice to see everyone else getting around it, not just us. Sound. I think you guys were, you were inundated with nominations from the get-go, so... Thank you for doing it. It was really appreciated, I'm sure. It was so lovely. I really thought there'd be like five or six, maybe ten. So I just had this box of stuff ready and then I was like, I need 
10 more boxes of stuff. <laughs> but it was so lovely. Can you hurry and get your next quote book out though? Because that is hot property in the office at the oh, minute. I actually have just finished. I sent you the designs, what, two yes. days ago? Before I yep. <laughs> passed out into another universe for three days. <laughs> it's very exciting. I'm sorry for dropping the ball, but I think it's worth dropping. I'm so excited. I mean, dropping yeah, the... Yeah, so they should be... Re- <laughs> you suck no. you suck at Keep sayings going, and so. she's so clever but sucks at sayings what's another one you say peckish when she's um peckish? plucky she says peckish i'm like oh my god the first no, time she said it so... i was like you want to eat babies you're such a weird no man. it was so bad i was my friend had a newborn and i was like cuddling it lovingly lovingly and i love kids so much and i was just looking at it like really i was like oh, i'm so peckish and she's like so <laughs> like i'm peckish and she's like uh and I was like you know and she's like clucky I was like oh my god so now though that I overthink it too much I don't know which one's the right one so I say peckish I love it it's one of your cute little things that you do and the other thing that I thought was so funny I think I say this almost every single episode but I always forget that anyone's listening to this which is probably why you and I have such wacky conversations because we this is just like you and I having a phone call and catching up after the weekend but something that made me laugh so much because I forget that anyone even has the same sense of humor as us also because we're just so weird and unusual (laughs) Amanda Amanda W who sent the loveliest nomination and I've sent out the package to her friend. She wrote this beautiful thank you note and said that she was a big fan of you and she was a big fan of us being positivity pandas, sending us lots of good vibes and love from one of the voices, nurses, voice, voice, nurses, voice, nurse. And I thought it was, I forgot we even said that, but it made me laugh so much. I just love this neighborhood so much. And thank you so much, Amanda. You made my day. I laughed for like 30 minutes. <laughs> anyway. It was very good. So cute. Back to this week's theme. It was World Mental Health Day yesterday when we were meant to record. Of course, I was Zombie Nation, so we pushed it back today. But it is Mental Health Month for all of October. So I thought this week's quote of the year should be something around that. And one I really, really love for any kind of struggle in life, but particularly for mental health, is be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about, which I sort of alluded to on socials yesterday, just reminding that it's such an invisible illness. So It's so important to be kind and gentle with everyone because you really cannot see a lot of the time what people are struggling with. Like even clinical or manic depression is often so unseen on the surface. And you and I, Bim, we've both been through quite serious mental health periods or episodes ourselves. And to the outside world, you can't really tell uh, and people get very good at masking it. And the other thing I highlighted, which I think is really important to remember, is it's such a spectrum and it can be easy if you you only experience mental health problems sporadically or not to the degree that it might be considered chronic or as consuming as it is for others, it doesn't make your experience any less valid. And some stats I found on Beyond Blue's website uh, really showed how pervasive this is in society. So one in seven Australians will experience actual depression in their lifetime and one quarter will experience an anxiety condition in their lifetime, which is an enormous percentage of the population. So definitely something I'm so glad to have seen become less and less stigmatized and more and more spoken about. What have you been reflecting on over the past couple of days, Pim? I really love that quote and I think it's a quote that has been instilled in me to practice all the time is to remember that people it's really hard though I think unless until you unless and until you have mental health issues or anxiety or depression or like an extended mental health um, spectrum of things it's really hard to understand or treat people with compassion and empathy and context a lot of the time because Mm. yeah and it's not it's not a reflection of them at all at, because if you, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't really know how much things can really affect people and how debilitating mental health can be until you've been through it or until you know that someone has been through it. So I think sometimes people that are struggling with mental health find it perhaps hard to articulate to other people is because those other people haven't gone through it. And until you have gone through it or been really, really close to someone that has, it's very hard to rally someone else around it. So that's something that I've reflected on recently is that I, I think that we're sometimes really hard on people that don't understand mental health, but they don't understand it because they haven't had it or they haven't seen it or they haven't been through it. And mm. it's really hard to expect that of other people to just simply understand. And I think it's something that you have to really be able to empathise or sympathise with properly 
to truly help. So, yeah, I think previously probably I've been a little bit harsh on people that I'm like, don't you understand how your words can hurt people or don't you understand how serious mental health is or, like, the concerns of other people? And I think that was harsh on me to say or to be that, I guess, not aggressive but forward to someone about it Mm. because they just don't know and it's not because they don't want to know or they're trying to be malicious or intentful with their inability to understand it's just because they haven't been through it it's very very Mm. hard that's been one reflection and the other reflection has been pretty much around that quote is which is everyone's fighting something and uh you and I are the same you and I are not at all immune to mental health concerns or issues or anxiety or depression I think if anyone to ask us we're pretty open with it or about it but I think on the outside looking in this is how I think about social media as well it's such a highlights reel I tried to make it happy not necessarily a highlights reel because I shared all everything all all parts of my life but in a positive way so but it makes it seem like we have this perfect happy Mm. life and to be honest we are really privileged and we are so blessed with our whole lives but both of us definitely go through things and have gone through things that are not just about a sadness but you know pretty dark times and that we go through our you know you've got your anxiety which flares up every now and then and you've got your strategies around it and then I have the same and so I think it's important for us to be open about it as well to make it seem like no we're not we're not at all immune to it or we're not above anyone we're very much just the same and yes we go through our own things as well so Mm, totally those are the two I guess reflections one of which being sometimes it's just about educating people for them to understand and not to be so hard on people that don't and then two is yeah everyone's definitely fighting their own battles and it's really sad because obviously I'm working in ND and you just see a lot of mental health and and things like suicide attempts come in and uh it breaks your heart it does and yeah I because I've been through a bit of it it's um hard to see and it's I can empathize and yeah you know how debilitating it is and how hard it is to find any kind of light sometimes when you're in a a really dark stage or phase of your life it's very hard Mm. to find any light and it is it's easy to say for someone that's not in it to say you know look forward to the happy things or like be grateful for what you have or write in a journal sometimes people that are really depressed don't want to do that they have no energy to put any energy into anything that is like sometimes you just want to sleep all day that's just Mm. all you want to do so um yeah those things are I guess, reflections, but I love October for that, for it being mental health month. And I'm a big advocate for the cause too. too. So I think that is also one of the reflections that I have often in October and all the time is around that idea that it's often like, I think the two kind of similar points, the first I've talked about all the time, which is that I think anxiety, even depression is kind of a misnomer. Like they're, they're named in a way that too closely relates them to parts of emotions that are part of a normal person who doesn't have any mental illness or or mental health problems in their life. It's normal to have experienced the feeling of depression or the feeling of anxiousness. So the fact that the actual conditions, depression and anxiety, are called that makes people who have never experienced it think, oh, that's just like what I've had before. So just get a massage or have a bath or think about happy thoughts or listen to music and it'll go away. It doesn't really acknowledge that those conditions are like a chemical imbalance in the brain that have often nothing to do with your circumstances. So gratitude doesn't help because you you already know that logically that you have wonderful things to appreciate, but sometimes the chemical state of your brain makes it impossible for you to feel any kind of serotonin or appreciation or positivity. And that's something that I really I didn't understand before I'd experienced it. So when people would be like, I have anxiety, I'd be like, well, just don't be anxious, just chill out, just change your lifestyle. But what I didn't realize is that even if that person quit their job, removed all stresses in their life, had all the money in the world, like it, it, those things don't necessarily help. You can get the worst mental health symptoms in the best objective times of your life. And I've had that in my life before too, where everything was going really well. There was actually no stimulus. There's actually no reason. It's like an injury. Like there's sometimes you just have a physical symptom and there's no reason why that came on at that particular time of your life. And the 
the thing that helped me the most to treat my own mental health seriously is when I do get a bout of anxiety or a flare of, you know, a depressive episode is to treat it like a physical illness. Like if I broke my leg, would I try and walk on it straight away? No, I wouldn't. And yet if you have depression, you try and go back to work straight away. You try and demand everything of yourself that you normally would. And it's so strange because it's invisible that we get into those patterns. So I think just fundamentally understanding what it is that's happening helps me know how to treat it. Like and how to support other people. If someone says to me they're anxiety flaring, the last thing I would ever say is, oh, just think positive thoughts mm. or just write in mm. your journal. Anxious people don't really have the capacity to to do that. Even thinking like, do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's such an uh, such an interesting area. But I think yeah. the fact that we can even have these conversations without it being weird or taboo is so great that that's happening. And I was uh, another one of the statistics I read on Beyond Blue's website was that support seeking has been growing rapidly. So even if the statistics are quite extreme of who's experiencing mental health, around half of all people with the condition are actually getting treatment, which is so wonderful because I'm sure that 10 years ago that wasn't the case. Yeah, I think something that you said, like, you know, going back to work, earlier this year I had to, like, take a day off and I remember messaging my supervisor being like, this is why I love workplace that I have. I was like, I am really burnt out. Or I, I can feel myself being burnt out and tired. I will always show up to work and do 100% and I always do deliver. But you just know in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I'm pretty tired. And I was like, I, she was like, take a day off. And I was like, oh, no, like, she goes, no, take a day off because mental health and burnout are just as important as any other physical sickness. And she's like, would you take it if you had a cold? And I was like, yeah. She goes, well, take it off. So it was amazing and I wish that, like I was comfortable to say it to my supervisor. However, I feel like it still was very hard for me to say I need a day off for mental health. I just called it a sick day. And like I even got like the doctor to write a note that was a a different sickness to like a mental health day. Like, you know, I was actually unwell or something. Mm. As in when I say actually, I mean like a sickness that is physically, yeah, like tangible, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and that's the hardest thing. I think a lot of people really, really need and want mental health days and the landscape is changing where managers and bosses really appreciate it. But it's very hard, I think, for employees sometimes to step up and say, I need a mental health day because it doesn't seem still sadly legitimate. Like it's not a legitimate and it's it would really, really suck for people to abuse the mental health sick day and just take it as is. And I think that's mm. ruins it for the rest of people because then it's not like you can't trust that it's a mental health day, like if people go, mm. you know, partying or whatever, which is mm. well, maybe that's what they need to do on their day off, but that's fine too. But I just find that it's that's what the one thing that I still find tricky is I'm ha- I'll happily talk about it till the cows come home about mine, about how I strategize about my mental health as well. But when it comes to putting your hand up and saying, oh, I need a day off and use sick leave and my sick leave is because of mental health, is so hard to do still and I still struggle Mm. to figure out how to do it properly without feeling like are they judging me do they really do they think that I'm that I'm sick like do they think that I'm lying or do they think that all these other things those feelings of um it's that perception that needs to change still yeah and I like am someone that doesn't really care what people think of me but I don't the thing the last thing that I want is for my workplace to think that I was like using it as an excuse and that's the last thing you'd want even though I know that yeah. I'm not, I think it's you just go through that kind of cycle of, mm. I think everyone does it in a workplace, I'm sure. If anyone has has been able to successfully say, I need a day off because of mental health, I would love for some tips because it's really tricky. And it's not a reflection on the workplace at all. It's a reflection of me. Mm. I know that if I said it, they'd be like, of course. But it's say me being like, okay with it is another thing. So that's something that I've realized is tricky too, is making mental health a just as important and as a physical health concern. That's actually like I think equating them in my brain, like trying to push them into the same category has been the only way that I treat them with equal seriousness. Otherwise I will just always try and push through because it's invisible. But the thing that's really interesting is I always thought it was invisible completely in that it was really just emotional overwhelm or feeling like you know, emotions of anxiety or emotions of sadness or emotions of flatness, but you can feel those and and still function. The difference with mental illness often is that it actually has physiological symptoms as well, which 
I think people are just starting to understand. So anxiety can sometimes manifest in shortness of breath or like numbness yeah, of limbs. Yeah, that was me. Or... Do you remember me, Bim, last year? Yeah. Last yeah. And December, you still have that had, sometimes. Yeah, so I have this, I have this wacky breathing style that when I get anxious or – and I don't – this is me. I know when I'm anxious, but I also don't know when I'm anxious or stressed. And I'm someone that's like, I don't get stressed, and I truly still believe that. But for me, unless – it's a physical manifestation and those that's the only way I can figure out that if that I am anxious and Sarah knows and anyone that's really close to me knows I have this weird like hiccupy breathing style that is really evident and loud and really abnormal when I am anxious and the other thing is that I don't have an appetite so like the end of last year I remember the breathing was so hard like I was so short of breath all the time that I had like a lung function test, I had an echo, I had like all these cardiology and respiratory exams because I was like, what is this? Like I don't even know. Like I used to have to bend over to take a breath and it was just like I wasn't doing anything. I was just, it was over Christmas time, I wasn't working, it was just it. And I lost like. Isn't that crazy? It doesn't have to make sense though, right? Like it doesn't have to be like a stressful time. I think people think stress Stress and anxiety are the same thing, but you can be stressed in your life and have no mental health symptoms and you can be relaxed in your life and also have mental health symptoms. Like I think, and that's also why we think of it as such a worthiness measure because we're like, oh, Mm. well, I can cope. Like I'm not a non-coper. Like that's why I think people get so hesitant. Yeah, and like I lost five kilos over that time. And then I was like, what the heck is going on with me? Like, I just didn't, I know I have anxiety. Like, you know, I have it. I know I have it. I just never put the symptoms. I'd never had that level of physical symptoms before. Like normally for me, it's like emotional where I'm tired, I'm irritable, I'm cranky. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm not in a good spot. But this time I was like, wow, I've never experienced it that bad in terms of a physical manifestation. I was sleeping all the time. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. Mm. I didn't have an appetite for anything. I needed a nap every single day in the middle of the day. I couldn't breathe. I had a, I, They put me on a preventer. I thought it was asthma. Like all these things. And it honestly just turned out. And then one thing that not cured it but was changed everything was you guys are like, Ange, you need a holiday. And we were in lockdown. Well, not in lockdown, but we couldn't travel anywhere. And so Nick and Sarah, being them, they were like, okay, we know we've realised that travel for you is your reset button. It's how you de-stress, relax completely. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, like completely get away, reset your brain, reset your soul, everything. And I, that is completely true. I travel as a means of, one, exploring the world, but two, actually using it as a physical reset button for me. It really refreshes me. Anyway, I obviously haven't been able to travel. And so they booked me a camper van and we're like, here, we start work in seven days. We've booked this for five days. (laughs) Take it and come back whenever you want. And literally it was like I started on Jan 18 and I think I came back on Jan 17 or something and you guys had booked quite a few days with this camper van. And I – message my friend who's in Portland being like where can I stay on the Great Ocean Road that's I won't get arrested and they're like well we've got a beach block and I was like what they're like yeah we've got a little <laughs> private spot on the beach that is vacant land still and I was like what the heck so I drove all the way to Portland and it ended up being the best time ever it was this, I saw the sunrise every day and the sunset on the water hung out with them who I hadn't seen for six years and there were a couple that I met in Spain who literally looked after me so much when I was backpacking. Like we just met there, but they were like my mum and dad and we joke about them being my mum and dad. But it was so heartwarming to see them after six years again here in Melbourne. And it, it was like we just saw each other yesterday. They're mm. the best couple, Cass and And Renee. your breathing went back to normal by the end of that. Everything, everything. I ate normally. I rode my bike. I could run again. I couldn't run because I couldn't breathe for ages. I was so less anxious and then come work, I was so ready for it. But it it, all, it took that much for me to figure out what the hell was going on. So I think it's really hard to explain to people that, to be like, like I, I, I couldn't tell mum and dad, not because I didn't want to, but I just couldn't explain it to them. So I just never told them. So mum just thinks I have like weird breathing. 
forever. She thinks I've got some respiratory disease. So, oh my god! But, but like she fully believes I have some really chronic asthma, but I don't. But I just this is the hard thing about mental health. There's stigma, and it's very hard to explain to people that don't understand it. I.e., sometimes Asian parents. Mm-hmm. And so I was like. Mum and dad don't know. I never told them it's a mental health and that I'm anxious and they wouldn't understand it either. They'd be like, well, how do you have shortness of breath from being anxious? And I wouldn't know how to explain it, so I just have avoided it. Mm. But that's what I mean. Like I think it's hard to explain it to people sometimes and it's also hard for people to understand, but I think at the same time it's important for us to talk about and important for us, like you and I, to be open about because we do live on the outside looking in this wonderful, wonderful life, which is all true still completely true as it is but yeah I definitely go through what many other people also go through also and I think another thing that we haven't spoken about yet that you and I also struggle with a little bit is that we don't sometimes want to explain it because it doesn't always affect our productivity or our capacity to like manage stress or to manage a really intense workload because it's you know during some periods of time it's totally at bay. And so sometimes I won't even mention it because I'm like, well, I don't want anyone to tiptoe around me at times when it's not interfering with my productivity. And then that brings up that whole interrelationship with your worth and your value. And like, if you can cope and, you know, if you pride yourself in your identity as being a coper, it's like, well, that's inconsistent with having anxiety or depression. So you don't want to say that. And it's like, it's such a tricky area. But I think even having conversations like this makes me think a lot more about why it's important for me to break that down and also to to put forward a message that you can still be hyperproductive and you can still have a really busy, active life. You just have to manage it well. That's what's really important. Yeah. And and still there are things I find out. You've taught me most of what I know about it because I think growing oh, up, beam. you don't you don't know, like I don't know labels. I don't know what things are called. I just know what I feel and that was it. I was like, oh, okay, this is this feeling. As in there's no name for it. I just know that I get angry or whatever. And you taught me so much about what anxiety looks like, what depression looks like, how it can be managed and how you can communicate it really effectively. Like you and Nick have a really great communication strategy around when you're both anxious or tired or sad or unwell. Yeah, I've learned a lot. I've been able to kind of identify a lot of things about myself. Like, you know, like we, I went through a really dark stage when I was like 18 which comes and comes and ebbs and flows now, but it's not at all a consistent part of my my psyche. I'm not always like depressed and I'm not always anxious, but it still comes back up every now and then. And then you've taught me all these ways that I can manage it or strategize around it and be open about it and be pretty, like not proud of it, I'm proud, pr- like I guess proud, but just wear it on my sleeve. Like I don't care if people know about it or whatever it is. Because had I not known about it, through you then I wouldn't have learned about it through myself and I think there's a lot of young kids out there that are feeling weight and they don't understand it and they don't know what it is depression can look like so many things depression can look like a dirty and messy room that's actually a symptom you know and or tiredness or sleepiness or that can all be symptoms as well it's not always that you're just people think I think people think it's just like a lot of morbid sadness all the time when sometimes Mm. it doesn't look like that Yeah, I think that's been one of my biggest breakthroughs in understanding it is that it manifests so differently for everyone and that it's not always just emotions. Like the physiological lifestyle symptoms can be a really telling indicator, like breathing, like numb arms or tingly legs or focus and, yeah, all that kind of thing has been really, really important. And, yeah, I don't really know what my point is, but I think just talking about it more is such a good place to start and there are so many amazing initiatives going on throughout this month throughout the year if anyone does need help there are amazing free 24 7 anonymous advice and support lines beyond blue is one three hundred two two four six three six. i'll put it in the show notes as well and lifeline is 13 11 14 and then there are so many other targeted helplines as well that i will of course put all the links in the show notes and something really lovely in the neighborhood that someone is doing, our past guest and dear friend Lincoln Eunice, who has been on the show, I think it was two years ago now. Oh my gosh, two years. I love Lincoln. Oh, he's the greatest. So he is currently doing the 10 challenge. He's running 10Ks every single day of this month with an aim to raise $10,000 that will be split between Lifeline and Beyond Blue. So he's raising funds for mental health awareness and suicide prevention. I cannot believe he's running 10 kilometers every single day. I think 
think we made a, I can't a two hundred and fifty dollar donation the other day or something. But I'd love the neighborhood to get around him, or even just try and do your own ten challenge. It's ten thousand step challenge. You can do the ten k's if you want, or you can just donate and share the challenge to support him. I'll pop the links in the show notes as well. I think there's so much to say about. Raising awareness is such a big part of it to destigmatize things about mental health. And it's really nice to see a lot of, I guess, big names get around it. But to be honest, I think one of the best things we can do for ourselves and for other people is just be a little bit more sympathetic and compassionate towards other people, regardless, yeah. regardless of if they have mental health concerns or issues or problems or illnesses. I think it's, there's a lot to say just about being a nicer person. Absolutely. Or think about things that we say or sometimes apologize. I think it's okay to apologize. Say you say something wrong and it didn't come out right. It's okay to just be like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Mm. And that's that'll mean more to that person than you think it does. Or like we said last time, we were talking about, you know, appreciating your people that are around you. There's so much to say and there's so many benefits of just telling the people that you love that you love. Them. Oh, totally. Because like they could be they could be struggling and they could be, you know, just in a bit of a rut and that's all they need to hear is to feel valued and to feel loved and to feel appreciated even if it's by one person yeah and totally. i don't think there's any day that ex- there's no day that it's it's doesn't it's not helpful even if they are really happy in a really good spot then still tell them that you love them like it's just such a powerful thing and it's free it's free it's easy anyone can do it, it takes no effort <laughs> it just i don't know I think it's. Um, I think everyone should go out right now and tell someone that they love that they love them. Like that's your project for today. Do it because I'm sure it'll make someone's day. And the next minute, my inbox. I love you, Ange. I love you, Ange. <laughs> voice, voice, nurse. Voice, voice, nurse, Ange. <laughs> so the two or three neighborhood watch items for this week are actually really closely linked to all of that, to telling people you love them, to being a little bit kind and always defaulting to extra kindness if you have a choice. I think another quote that I love is that if you have a choice between being kind or being right, choose being kind and you'll always be right, which I think is such a lovely one. One of them that just... Yeah, but I like being right, so... <laughs> well, I'm always right, so that's always my default. <laughs> no, no, I'm right. <laughs> uh, one really, really sweet thing that has come out uh, in Dutch supermarket chains is they have opened chat registers for elderly or lonely customers who just want a friend to chat oh to God. or someone to have a little conversation with. Isn't that so cute? So you can go through the chat register if you just want to have a chat. Isn't that the sweetest thing you've ever heard? Bim, that's me every time you go away. <laughs> every time you go away, I'm like, I have no friends. Let me go to the lonely aisle. How sweet is that though? Like what a simple, beautiful way to provide a forum for someone to just have a quick conversation if they want connection with someone who's willing to have a connection and a conversation with them. I think that is so beautiful. That's, that's really cute. I'm I'm not being rude. I'm looking for the meme that you sent to me about us having only two friends, but you keep going on your next one. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was from Denmark. There, I think I've mentioned this one before, but it's the libraries where you can borrow a person instead of a book to listen to their life story for 30 minutes. And the goal is to fight as we were mentioning, like prejudice or judgment or otherness and each person has a title. It's either unemployed or refugee or bipolar or something that is, you know, an area that's often misunderstood or stigmatised and where people get judged, you know, that whole ethos of don't judge a book by its cover. And the project is now active in 50 countries. It's called the Human Library, which for someone like me who loves human interest stories is like the most amazing library you could ever go to to just chat to interesting humans. And apparently there's one in Perth and one in Queensland. I did not know that it was in Australia. I was going to say, is there any in Melbourne? I don't think there's one in Melbourne yet. And also we're in lockdown, so you probably couldn't actually go into a library, but it would be really cute if we could start it when things open up again. That would be so lovely. Human brie sounds so funny. I thought you said brie as in the cheese, like human brie. So yeah, I think that was my internet. I said human library, not human brie. Oh, (laughs) I heard human brie and I was like, okay. I love that you rolled with it. I was like, cool. This is a good news story, so I can't really interrupt. <laughs> and the other good news story I found, which is totally random and not related to any of those things, but the WHO just approved the world's first malaria vaccine, which is 
absolutely extraordinary and I think will save so many lives Massive. around the world and it's so exciting and it's so flipping hard to find good news stories in amongst all the negative crap. So it, this Yeaberhood Watch section is my little protest against all the bad news that we hear because I think that was really, really exciting yeah. for humanity. All my good news stories have just been like my close friends doing amazing things. <laughs> I get more excited for my friends than I do for myself. And she did a good poo today. I'm like, Tell me Yay. all your good news. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but if you said I and I did a good period, I'd be like, oh my god, best day of my life. <laughs> like I get so excited for other people. Well, actually, <laughs> people I- love you so much that we will get to this in a minute. But we have put a call out for third anniversary episode questions, and one of the questions I got asked was, "Would you rather spend lockdown for a month with Paul only or Ange only?" <laughs> 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 well, Paul doesn't talk, so after a day, you'd be like, "Give me Paul." Please. Absolutely. Paul is my child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so am I half That's the time. That's true. That's true. This was the meme that you sent to Nick and I. Bill. Having a small circle is cool until your two friends are busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's bring that up. It's That's like when one of us, when you tried to FaceTime both of us at the same time like eight times and we were both busy and you were just like, so, oh. And I just like, you know that meme where the dog's sitting on the end of the bed with the towel on its head? The fox? Or the person the or fox thing? Yeah. After his shower. That was me when every time you guys did pick up, I was like, oh. Okay, that meme so describes Nick. They've used that picture for a meme where it's like when you get out of the shower but then you sat in your towel naked on the bed staring at the wall for 25 minutes. I'm like, yeah, that's what I do every time I get out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, my, oh my gosh. God. And what – do you have any recommendations, Bill? I feel like I do but I wasn't very prepared today to save them and tell you about them. So, so no is the answer. No. All those screaming <laughs> – I really like Squid Game. I think there's a lot of contention around this. Some people really hated Squid Game. I really love Squid Game. And I don't like gore or gruesomeness, but we love Korea and we have an affinity to them. So I'd love to know what people think about Squid Game. I think there should be a forum in your comments section. Oh, wow, let's do that. Next minute your comment section is like all reviews about Squid Game. Everyone's so confused. (laughs) Yeah, sees the air reviews. I really loved Squid Game. Korean television is great. (laughs) I've only watched one episode. You can't watch it with English dub. That's not authentic. It's not authentic. I can't. You have to watch it with Korean and English subtitles. Okay, I've heard that. There's like a lot of uproar about how inaccurate the dubbing is compared yes. to the subtitles no it's not a, it's not about the inaccuracy it's just about the authenticity of watching it if you watch k-drama ever you never watch it with english dubbing oh, okay <laughs> it's like when i watch bts oh, so much cu- i just watch so it. much cultural education <laughs> in this episode <laughs> and very last call out so Obviously, we had a really great response when we put out call-outs for nominations for the Ableton two weeks ago, and then we put out call-outs last week for voice recordings of questions for the third anniversary episode because for every milestone episode, I do a Q&A on anything, on the podcast, on life, on what's happened in the last three years, anything. And I thought it'd be nice for people if they wanted to have their voice on the podcast to send their voice recording in of the question. We've had a grand total of zero submissions of voice notes so far. <laughs> so so I won't force anyone to put their voice on the podcast because obviously no one wants to do that, which is absolutely fine. It was a lovely idea, but I obviously understand super awkward. <laughs> we will just be taking submissions normally of written questions of anything you would like to ask. We've had about 50 so far and they're all pretty hilarious and most most wow. of them are about Ange. <laughs> <laughs> is it fully open book? Fully open is book. It, I'm always fully open book, table? except that people just ask like not really open book questions. No, but people people think people say I'm open book, but then they they still filter. So sometimes people think like, is it truly open book? Like, can I ask you about turtle heads? I don't know. I we know just spent like 20 know. minutes no, of this like, episode talking about poo. So like even more like you know I don't know orphanage life like oh like yeah remember. but you oh, know yeah. just like really <laughs> yeah adoption really anything adoption things. it's coming up to our two-year wedding anniversary relationship stuff how i yeah, cope okay, with okay, Ange, cool. you know in our relationship like it's okay, really hard <laughs> no you can't submit questions you're bad <laughs> but Angie's gonna have to read me the questions she's gonna have to read them out so you could maybe you could submit them to her so I won't know that. <gasps> yes, please submit them please to no Foot. Oh my god! Yeah, submit them to me, but but please don't um please don't put too many metaphors. I'll get. Them she wrong. won't understand. <laughs> and if you're going to ask it in Korean, 
then say it in Korean but use English no. captions. Yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. No English dubbing is allowed. <laughs> Only Oh, my God, I love Benoit so much. Can Benoit be on it? <gasps> I really want to do an episode with her one day. She would be so amazing. Yeah, I think you need to do one with your mum. That's long overdue. You know I did it. You know I did one with mum. I recorded the entire thing and then she got really she got like vulnerability hangover and she didn't want to release it. I would I I think we should do a vote. We did a vote, which is what made her get on it. She was like, no one wants to hear me. So I did a vote. And then like I had 500 votes for Rizzy to come on the show. So she recorded it. And then she, you know what she's like. She has such imposter syndrome. She was like, no, I just, no, I feel like I sound silly. She sounded amazing, told the whole adoption story. And then she wouldn't let me release it. So (laughs) I know. Rizzy. Okay. Okay. That's our new smart goal for the end of the year. Yeah. She's such a sweetie. Maybe she could just answer like, individual questions like one or two questions instead of a full episode because I thought it'd be so interesting she grew up in such a different generation she always tells me stories about it I was like I think people would want to know I find the adoption process really interesting same I would love to adopt one day so no we'll work on it that's okay yeah amazing amazing all right, Ben. Well, thank you so much for joining for another episode of Years of Our Lives. We always go like so. I'm always like, oh, just half an hour, it's super easy. And then an hour later, we're still gas bagging about turtle heads. <laughs> Please, <laughs> you have to keep that in. Oh my gosh. I'm absolutely <laughs> leaving it in. If nothing, everyone, today you learned a new term or you clarified that it wasn't, what did you call it? Turtleneck. Turtle. Turtle. <laughs> uh, and now I'm going to call it skivvy. <laughs> <laughs> hey that could be our new code word what do you need to do a skivvy skivvy like how's it on a, on a <laughs> how's the skivvy? skivvy i love the word skivvy <laughs> on a scale of nil to like skivvy turtleneck. where are you <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well thanks so much for joining bim and next week's years of our lives will be the third anniversary episode so you have what six five or six days to submit your questions because we record <laughs> on the day that we release the episode and don't edit it. Maybe we'll try and be a little bit more organised next week. Probably not. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Bim. Bye. bye.